Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go!
I'd like to welcome everyone to Melvina from Dallas, Texas. Hello, Melvina. Hey, Ariel. How are you? <laughs> All right. I'm doing fine. I'm so glad. I'm on the road driving home for 360. <laughs> I hear okay. you. I hear you. So when I played that that song, say when God was just a prayer away, tell the viewers a little bit about uh, background and whatever's on your heart, because we know that this is going to be a power-packed show because the enemy has tried everything to stop us talking today. So, oh, my, oh my God, <laughs> that's an understatement. Now I work for one of the major airlines. I had already planned to be out there at 10.30 so I could be home, get everything I'm taking care of. Got some of the craziest calls today. One call lasted 45 minutes. Then I get down to my car, can't find my keys, and my keys are right in my bag. You know, just everything that could possibly they, you know, the devil think he can make it go wrong. It wasn't happening. <laughs> like I said, my cell phone. I'm talking to you on my cell phone, going down 360. I hear you. I hear you. Well, we just station angels all around her vehicle, and you will just. Well, of course, she doesn't have it to her ear. She's got probably a Bluetooth. But Melvina, tell everyone we we met in Virginia, and right. we were next door neighbors. Yeah, um, we were neighbors. I think it was back in eighty. I think nineteen eighty-two. Wow. Yeah, twenty um, some years ago. And um, an abusive marriage. Okay. And it had just gotten to the point where this particular night, I just knew I was gonna lose my life. And what happened is my husband came home. He was a correction officer. Um, had been drinking, had been using drugs, pulled out his gun and just told me that, you know, tonight he was just going to end my life. And we started fighting, you know, struggling over the um, gun, knocked over the lamp so the room was dark. And for that, for a split second, I really felt, that my life was going to end. I seen my life flash before me, just like somebody take a book and just flip the pages from the time I was a child up to that very moment. And it was just so unreal. That night I started praying, and I just asked God, please. You know, I didn't want my children to have to witness, you know, their mother being killed in the next room because my children was in the bedroom. Because nine times out of ten, if a man kills a woman, he's going to kill the kids because he don't want no witnesses. Even if he got to take his own life, he don't care. And I just started praying. Well, while I was praying, my husband told me, well, I don't know what you're praying for because can't nobody help me. And I said, Jesus, just help me just this one time, out of nowhere, I just heard this voice from inside, so I'm going to help you this time. The gun came out of his hand and went across the floor, and we both, like, stood up, and I said, okay, and a split second, I ran, picked up the gun, and then I pointed it at him because I just said, you know, I, I just had enough. But that wasn't the way God wanted this to end. So I ran to the window, busted out the window and threw the gun out. Ran next door. Kathy was, I forgot how far along she was pregnant. Banging on the door, they looked outside and snatched me inside. And from that day on, you know, things had you know, started changing. But I told um, Ariel, things, even though we were living together, I 
still, we all, for some reason, always got to seem like we got to tempt, you know, got to just see, okay, God saved me, okay, things will be okay, and, you know, we just go back to doing the same old things again. Right, right. I, after, well, I, I went on and I married him. Um, I think it was two two years later. We went on, got married, but the abuse did not stop. If anything, it got worse. And after one year of marriage, I just decided, you know, I had enough. So I went on and I left. And it was hard. And then um, Ariel, she started going to, um, oh, gracious, I forgot. What was the name of the church your parents were going to? Oh, um, that was Faith Ministries in, in Woodbridge, Virginia. Yeah. And I started going there with her, and I got saved one um, one night. I just, I don't know, I just uh, went on and gave my life to Christ. Amen, I remember. And... um. I never had a feeling like I had that time because I was so eager to read my Bible, to just learn as much as I could about the Lord. But that old saying, Satan is always hanging around because he figured he's not going to let you go. And, you know, you start. I started backsliding. And it wasn't until I've been here in Texas, it's going on 12 years, when I started reading my Bible, and I started from the beginning. And it's just fascinating, the things that's in the Bible, the stories. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just, Lord, if I could just feel, give me that feeling that I had when you, you saved me. You know, but you know what? It's coming back. Amen. Meeting, Amen. I'm meeting people, and it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I just lost my mother um, about four weeks right. ago. Yeah. I, um, I want to I wanna talk about that because, you know, a lot of times you, because you did lose your husband, and just okay. recently you lost your mother and right. that and grief you know i mean, i know like you have already said you work for the airline so you hear a lot of people that are grieving and you've just like you said recently with your mother how how do you handle grief and what do you say you know what one thing about my mother she wasn't afraid to die one thing she used to tell me one thing I ask the Lord is just give me a sound mind, you know? And because she said this is something that she knows she's going to have to do. So she wasn't afraid of death. When I got the call that one of um, her, um, her friends went to the house to check on her and found her, and found her dead, she called me. And I felt so numb when she told me, so I called my sister. I said, well, go to the house. Something has happened with Mommy. That's all I said. I I didn't tell her because that was my baby sister. And when she got there and she told me the medical examiner was there, then it hit me. I had my days when, because we used to talk mostly every day. So I missed talking to her, there's things I wish I would have said to her, but all of us always have that feeling we could put it off another day. We do not know when the Lord is going to call us. But one thing I am glad that I used to always tell my mother is that I loved her. Every time. I learned that from when my younger sister passed away. If nothing else, they knew that, you know, they knew that I loved them. Yes. Um, 
I told Ariel I'm here in um, <laughs> Dallas, and lately it's just been so many killings with women, with their boyfriends, their husbands, yeah. you know, crazy, staying in this domestic violence. God did not mean for us to live that way. Right. Right. He right. just he just he just didn't. Um, I just um I don't know, just um just a couple of months ago, a young girl um was a police officer, twenty four years old rookie. Went to a um, went on a call by herself to a house. The man in the he was going to shoot the woman's daughter, um, her eleven year old daughter. The cop stepped in front of um, you know, protected the child. He ended up killing her. He killed the um, the mother, and then he turned around and killed himself. Hmm. You know, it's just, and then we. I, I just don't, it's not that I don't know what's happening, because in the book of Revelation, it right. said, you know, all this that's coming to pass, it's going to happen. It's going to happen before the Lord comes. Right. And I don't know, people just go about their ways. I mean, I'm sitting in my car. I made it home, thank God. Amen. And, um, you know, I'm sitting in front of my door, and it's just, so much violence, and it's it's just it's crazy. Well, Melvin, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Melvin, I just wanted to because I want you to you're touching upon a lot of things, and just for you listeners, she's calling me Ariel because that's my spiritual name. The Lord told me when I'm on the air to use my spiritual name because it brings authority. And um, that's what I'm all about, my father's business. And um, so she, when she's saying Ariel, it's really not my real name. So she's hard, it's kind of like she's trying to re- remember that. But, you know, you're doing excellent, Mel- Melvina. And one of the things I wanted to bring to, you know, the listeners had heard about when you were going through all this domestic violence, how you were, you know, abused and you're seeing this and it, and it grieves you and it hurts you to your heart. And, you know, you said that in that time, the Lord said specifically to you, I'll save you this time. What did he mean by that? Can you tell the listeners? Because I think I know the story, but the the story to let you know, because and tell me if you believe this. I believe the Lord warns us. I believe he warns us when things are about to happen. I believe he's trying to tell us all the time when we're in abusive situations, but but something in us, low self-image, not fi- feeling loved, we believe we deserve that. But the Lord is gracious. He's trying to warn us. And can you tell what happened? Because he did say specifically, I'll save you this time. What did he mean? Because that, that was significant. You know what? Um... I think after I went back with um went back with um my husband and the abuse just kept on going and going it got to the point where at night before he would come home I would go to bed the children would be asleep I could hear my heart just like a drum like it was beating out of my chest. I would look at the clock. It was just like the clock was so loud ticking. And I could actually see him leaving his job, getting in his car, driving down 95. I was terrified. God didn't mean for me to live like that. And that one night, he came home after everything I had been through. And I was, I, I was, you know, under the covers. And I just heard him say, 
I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. That made me, okay, I'm going to keep on praying with God. He told me he was going to help me that one time. I'm getting out of here. I left. Did not go back. We stayed separated for a number of years. He got sick. I called myself, you know, said, well, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, take care of him. But it wasn't meant to be. So after we, you know, let him go, and six months later, he died. But one thing that even though everything we went through, one thing I did tell him, I hope you find the Lord in your life. And when I went up to the hospital, the um, chap- um, the um, chaplain came up to me. And he said, you know, before he died, I would come in, read the Bible. He did accept the Lord before he died. Amen. That's all I was I was happy. God gave him grace to at least gave him the chance to accept him in his life. My grandchildren have gotten um saved and baptized. Amen. I've gotten saved and baptized and now I want I want God to use me if it's to let a woman know you don't have to stay in that relationship. Yes, it's hard. I work two jobs. My children, you know, and I had a child that was in a wheelchair. So when I see these um, young women with children running around and they're hollering about how hard it is, it's not that hard. You can do it. You got to put God first. Amen. But when we be trying to do things our way, they're not working. God don't need our help. We always Amen. Try, you know, we always right. try to do things this way. God don't need our help. Just sit back. We are impatient. God don't work in our time. He works on his time. Melvina, I'm going to play a, a, a medley, of, and I want you to share afterwards what's on your heart. And it's, I'm going to ask you to um, a, a little bit more about how the Lord has worked in your life. Okay.
Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Melvina? Yes. So when you hear those worship songs and hallelujah to the Lord, what is that? What does that do to you? I thank God for how far he has brought me. I thank him for his grace. I thank him for his mercy. I thank him every night when I get down on my knees and I pray for my family, my friends, my coworkers, even for the leaders of this country. It's his grace and his mercy that allows us to, um, he gives us another chance. He gives us another chance. So I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm thankful. Thank you. Well, you know, one of the things that we call this Melvina moment because my sister, when she, we would, I would, she would hear you talk. She said, you know, when, when you get a show and, <clears throat> we got the Melvina moment because it's, it's <laughs> because I love the way you just you just go right to the point of the matter. So what? As I was preparing for this show, I was writing, I was getting scripture, and I said, okay, I'm going to ask Melvina what does the scripture mean to her. And as I was getting the scripture, I just felt led to put it in red, not even thinking, just okay, I'm put it in red. And then I looked and I'm like, okay, I have it in red. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, yes, because in the Bible, <laughs> we, we humans have put Jesus in red. And I was like cracking up like, that's right. So this is the yeah. Lord speaking. So when the Lord is, was speaking to the people at, during that time, he spoke, you know, not in the King James language, but in Aramaic and, you know, and um, right. they feel like a lot of the Hebrew is very close to um, how he was speaking. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to um, say some scripture, and I want you to tell me what does that mean to you? How do you view this scripture? It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your old eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What do that mean? That is for, to me, people that's going to sit up and want to judge you. Now, don't get me wrong, because I used to judge people, too, okay? But reading that scripture, okay, how am I going to sit up and criticize or talk about what you're doing when I done did the same thing? See, the thing is with people, they always think, don't nobody know what I've done. Um, Yeah, somebody do know what you have done, Jesus know what you have done. God, our Father, never sleeps. And sooner or later, he's going to touch your heart when you stop. I don't judge no more. I try, I try not to. You know, you can still get, you know, carried away when you be with, you know, be with your friends and everything. Yeah. Um, don't judge because everybody done been through something. A lot of women are ashamed to talk about being in abusive, you know, marriages or relationships. There's nothing. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Let's talk about that because that shame is what he's people in in darkness in bondage and yes, indeed. in and what happens when it's exposed when you really feel like you can share don't you don't you feel like there i i mean you know what before i left work tonight 
I told a couple of the girls, I said, you know, I'm going to um, maybe talk about the domestic violence. And one of the girls, Chrissy, said, you know what, Ms. Brown, uh, that's my name, um, you might be able to help some, somebody out there. So if that's the case, if somebody needs to call in, and I'm not going to say it's easy, it's not easy because I was scared. But when you start praying, God will show you a way. He'll show you a way out. Amen. Amen. Well, at, near the end of the show, I'm going to have you pray for because some people will be listening to this, you know, in the archives. And one of the things about the the, the anointing is that even if it's right now and people are listening, they're feeling God speaking to them. But even in an archive show, that anointing is still there because God uses things to get to people and you will you'll have that time to really um speak and speak that um to them and and just pull them out of bondage and pull them out of darkness because when you're set free you're able to help others to be set free jesus is the healer jesus is the one who sets the captives free but we are the legal agents here on this earth and that leads Next scripture about you know when you're talking about as far as and and I and like you said the threat is the domestic violence and when people are in they don't know what to do and in Matthew it says um, ask and it shall be given unto you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds. And to one who knocks, the door will be open. How would that? How did that relate to you when you first heard that scripture, knowing that you came from that background? How did how did that relate to you, or did it relate to you? Well, you know what? I think when we are able to sit down and we know that we're not the only ones that's going through, you know, going through a situation and you've got somebody to talk to, but when you have someone that's in the Word, that could give you the encouragement. Amen. That could give you the encouragement. And that's what some of us women, we need. We have children. We worry, you know, about how we're going to make ends meet. Let me tell you something. And I think I told um I told my coworkers. My daughter works with me and she's 35 years old. If you were to ask her when was the last time your mother brought a, you know, a new coat? My daughter couldn't wouldn't, ask, uh, wouldn't be able to answer that cuz I always made sure they had as you start getting older, a lot of things that we, I guess, take for granted or we feel is important, it's not important. Because as my mother was say, would say, you can't take it with you. That's right. That's right. So, um, pray. And when I say pray, let me tell you something. There has been times when I didn't have anything but maybe about seven cent in my pocket. And this is when I would make sure I would tithe. And I had people telling me, you crazy, giving the church your money and everything. I'm not giving the church my money. <laughs> I'm giving it to what the Lord told me to do. Amen. I'll tell you one thing. Mm -hmm. I might have been that Sunday. But come Monday or Tuesday, out of nowhere, here comes some extra money. All and right. it's more than what I search, you know? That's right. Put your God, and he will show you. You understand? He will show you. Well, he says in his word, prove me now and see if I don't open up the that, windows of it. heaven and pour out a 
blessing that it won't be room enough for you to contain it. Let me ask you, this brings to the, the point of the church you go to. Ladies and gentlemen, I, she goes to the Potter's House. <laughs> I go to the Potter's House, and I haven't been there in a while, but um, tell, Bishop tell Jake. Me, tell, tell about the oh, Potter's I'm House. I'm telling you, that yeah. man gives the word. And what's so, you know, and what's so um, funny about that, I would used to work for um, Fairfax County government. And I had a coworker named Sean that used to go to his church when he was coming up in West Virginia. And I remember one day she came to me and said, Melvina, you need to hear this minister. He can preach the word, and he is upcoming, and you really need to listen to him. You know what I told her? I don't have time because <laughs> I'm not ready. And I said I'm not ready because one thing I do know, that once you give your life over to God, and even though I have backslid, this thing is real. Sooner or later, I know when I leave this earth, i got to stand before Jesus. Do you think I want him to tell me I don't know you? No, sir. So all the things I used to do, guess what? I ain't doing them no more because it's not worth it. I want to have my life after I leave this body, and I want to be able to share it with the Lord. Amen. And, you know, I'm just sitting here. I'm in my I'm in my house now, and I don't know. I'm just I feel different. And I don't know. God, God is good all the time. Yes. I don't he what is. I go well, I want to tell the viewers what because one of the things, um, viewers, a lot of times, you know, the scriptures are true. It is true, and it says when we, when you know, when we have ought with our brother, we are to forgive them. And Jesus, you know, when someone asks them how many times, like seventy times seventy is like okay, a lot of times. Well, even in good relationships, and Melvina and I had a really good relationship. We had a falling out, and yes. we did not speak to each other for a long time. But let me right. tell you how our God is. Because God sees. See, he saw this day when we would be on the radio like this. He saw how we were going to be tag teaming and kicking <laughs> the devil's butt. Yeah, he saw this. So when the enemy had us be offended years ago, I God said, uh-uh. He impressed upon me to reconcile with Melvina. Now, at that time in my life, I said, okay, Lord, I don't even know where she's at. I know she's somewhere in Texas. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, okay, let me, that's, I'm fine. I'll do that. And I remember going to Virginia because I travel a lot and I, I had an assignment. Uh -huh. And I just so happened go to a store, just so right. happened run into someone who knew us 20 years mm -hmm. ago who just right. so happened to have your number, who just so happened to call you. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about when God is telling us to do something and how it's so strategic to do mm -hmm. what the Lord is saying, even when you're thinking it doesn't mean anything or I don't know how to do this, you just have to say yes. He'll get that. He'll connect what has to connect because not only did we reconcile, and that was, and I want people to understand this, because when the Lord said reconcile, he didn't say nothing else, just reconcile. So we right. reconciled, and we were back like we were, and we just started talking, and months it went by. And then yeah. one day, I'm sitting in Texas, because the Lord had me in Texas, and he has me celebrate all the feasts of the Lord, because the Lord celebrate the feast and he, and he wants me to celebrate the feast and I belong and last week I had Alan Renee Hart from um Trenton North Carolina and that is the place that he tells me to go to celebrate their feast so 
I remember worshiping the Lord and saying, Lord, where do you want me to celebrate the feast? And he said, North Carolina. And I'm like, uh, I'm in Texas, and uh, I think they start tomorrow. And I was like, okay, Lord, nope, nope, nope. I, I realize my money's yours, everything's yours. So I went online to start looking for airline tickets, and the Lord said, Melvina. <laughs> And I was like, what? I went, oh, that's right. And we won't mention the airlines. But what happened, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what the Lord did. The Lord connected me. We had already been reconciled. But he knew and he had had her in place in this airlines. Not only is she working, you know, you're hearing her like overt praising the Lord and spreading the gospel, but covertly she's in the airlines doing some stuff. So the thing of it is is that God has got her protected, but he also used her to allow me to fly when it's ministry because she has me as a companion. Tell me our God isn't good. And I said, and I and I even prophesied and still say right now and decree and declare that Melvina you are, you are in the, you are the apple of God's eye. He loves you. He strategically has assigned you where you're at. You have a, a calling on your life. You are to be there to help people. You also to help other people that he's going to send you to. And for you, seeding into kingdom work, even now, you're going to get the desires of your heart according to Psalm 37. So be prepared. You're going to you're going to reap the harvest, and you're going to get restored everything the enemy has taken. And Father, I just thank you for it right now. I just thank you. I just thank you. But I just had to tell you because that's such a praise report. I was like, whoa, God just strategically. I mean, you know, what did you? Let me tell you, this has blessed so many ministers. They're like, I want me a Melvina. I said, well, look, God, you go to God because I didn't even ask. I did this. So when you see God doing stuff like that and putting things together, people together, and even us together, what do you you say? I thank you. I thank you. Hold on one minute. (laughs) All right. While she's doing that, I'm going to play a little bit more, and then we're going to talk about some world events and how, according to Melvina. All right. This is um, to, uh, let's see, Shekinah Glory. Let's go together into the inner place, into the holy of holy. Let's receive them.
Alvina? Yes, I'm here. Okay. All right. Um, we did have a caller. I was going to get to her after, or him. I wasn't sure. If the caller would call back, we'll have you on the air. The okay. number again is one eight zero five two nine two zero three three eight. One eight zero five two nine two zero three three eight. We have eight minutes remaining. Well, if the caller calls back, we'll put them right through. Um, okay. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you're just ministering right now, Lord, to the people who are listening. Father, we just praise you and we give you all the praise. Father, I thank you. I thank you. All right, Melvina, when you hear all the things that are going on uh, today, um, the people, uh, the tsunami, the um, earthquakes, the meltdowns, the nations realigning, what is ha- what do you sense in your spirit? Book of Revelation. It's all there. The book of Revelation is coming to pass. All this is predicted in the book. My grandfather used to have us read. My grandfather was blind from um, diabetes back in the, um, you know, when when I was young. And... I remember as a child when he we would read the book of Revelations, I used to cry. And because the, even the description then as a child, just it, it, it just, I mean, I would just tremble. And he, he would ask me why was I so afraid because I would tell him that I, I called my grandfather, Daddy, I don't want, I don't want to die. You know, I don't, I don't want to see all these things. But you know what? I'm seeing all these things. And I know that when the Lord comes, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be different. It's going to be different. So I'm looking forward for my father to come back to this earth. And I never thought I would say that because, like anybody else, of course, you're afraid to die because you don't know what's going to happen afterwards. But like my sister told me after our mother passed away, she was afraid to die. And like I told her, find you a good church that's going to give you the word. And when Christ comes into your life, you won't be afraid. You'll be like our mother. She wasn't afraid to die. Maybe that's why she went so peacefully. You know, she wasn't hooked up to no machines. You know, she wasn't brain dead. You know, we didn't have to worry about whether we was going to, you know, keep on life support. She went in her sleep. Amen. Amen. Well, Vita, we have four minutes remaining. Can't believe this hour has gone by so fast. 
But Ow. I just want I know I want you right now because you said your heart is to minister to those women who have been abused, who have been hurting, who are lonely, who think that they need to have a man or even men who think they need to have a woman. I want you to take the remaining four minutes and speak to the people that out there that are struggling with an abusive relationship and you know, speak to them, and then I'd like for you to um, lead us out in prayer. Well, for my brothers and sisters that are out there and may be in an abusive relationship, that's not God. What ha- that is not what God has planned for us. We can't fix things. We can't fix people. If you don't have someone who believes in the Lord, that relationship is already doomed, okay? I'm telling you from experience. Put God first. He'll take care of everything. Don't worry about what your friends say because, trust me, the ones that used to always, that they say, be throwing stones, honey, their glass house was always shattered. Okay? Put God first. He'll bring that right person to you. And everything else will come into place. Find you a good church home. I'm blessed. I'm here in Texas at I'm able to go to the potter's house and hear Bishop Jakes give the word. Whenever I walk into that sanctuary, I could feel the presence of the Lord there. Find you a good church home. Put God first, everything else would follow. And dear Lord, just thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to serve you, to be of service to my friend, and whatever whatever way you need to use me, if I can help someone, if they need to talk, I, w- I will be there for them. But I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, and for the love that you have for me and all of us on earth, all of us. We all, you gave us that opportunity when Eve went and bit into that apple and gave to Adam that knowledge. You told them once their eyes was open, you got a choice. So we all have a choice of whether we want the Lord in our life or not. If you choose not, you know what the end result's going to be. But if you choose to, he will be with you every step of the way. So, Father, thank you for this opportunity. Anytime you need me and Kathy, anybody, and if, and I could be at a persistence, I'm here. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, always been awesome, Melvina. Thank you so much. I just love you, and I just love what the Lord is doing in your life. And those out there, just realize that if um, uh, that we just are blessed because the Lord has chosen us for such a time as this. So until next time, I'll see you soon next week. God bless you. People in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you? Here's some pain medicine. Let's go. your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo.
I'm a mighty long way. 